Welcome to Recovering You. I'm so glad all of you out here have decided to join us. This is the first full episode of this podcast where we take you step by step through what to expect when you enter the world of recovery. From hitting rock bottom to being rock solid, we are here to help you recover what was lost in addiction. We are here to help you recover you. I'm your host, Cameron Harrison, and I'm joined by my co-host, Christopher Sexton. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing fantastic. I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here. I'm super stoked about the subject matter for today. I think this is a topic that doesn't get enough attention when we talk about addiction and recovery. It's something that uh, I feel like gets glossed over and then, you know, it's on to other things. So I'm pumped. I, I, I'm excited. Well, which is, it's so, it's so funny that you mentioned that, that it doesn't get enough attention because literally it is the starting line of recovery. It is, it is where every single person that steps into recovery says, I finally hit rock bottom. Right. You know, like, like yeah. what, and what was, what was the thing that brought you into the office today when you step into a therapist's office? Well, I hit rock bottom. Or why did you finally decide to come forward with the things you're dealing with? Well, I hit rock bottom. That 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 is always the place that tends to come out of people's mouths when they talk about what instigated the change. They hit some sort of bottoming out that they felt like they couldn't get any lower in life. They couldn't be any more lost. They couldn't be feel any more alone. They were at a place of rock bottom. Yeah, then there's so much that goes into that, right? I, I love how you highlighted that. It's people treat it like it's you wake up one day and, and some one thing happens and all of a sudden you're at rock bottom. But there are there's so many different things, I feel like. And, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, the fact that so many things go into hitting rock bottom. Absolutely. I think, what, what do you think? What's your take on that and your experience? Well, like, like, like you said, it doesn't really, you don't wake up one day and there's, you know, like birds whistling through the window <laughs> and sunshine on your face. And it's such a beautiful moment. That you're like, you know what? I've decided this is my moment of clarity and rock bottom. I'm going to change my life. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it is the complete opposite. It's usually the darkest, most dismal, depressing, fearful experience that you're that it takes a little while to process to finally come to that moment of clarity that you say, if I don't do something about this now, I'm afraid I'm never going to be able to come back from it. I, yeah. I could not feel more alone. I could not feel more detached from who I thought I was as a person. Yeah, I, I think that's super powerful to start to put it into words because we always talk about it and we kind of say it off the cuff. Oh, I hit rock bottom. He hit rock bottom. Right. But I, I like how, how we start to say, what does that actually mean? When I say that I've hit rock bottom, what what does that actually look like? So I love how you're starting to, to put that into words for folks. Because right. I think it helps, right? How do I know if I, what is what is rock bottom like? How do I know if I've actually hit rock bottom? Yeah. And, and for those of you out there listening, you might be wondering like, well, how do these people even know what rock bottom is? Well, let me tell you, <laughs> I, from personal experience, I have trudged through the muddy, swampy depths of rock bottom myself. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard my backstory at all, just a, a brief little synopsis. I, I had an addiction for 
about 15 years of my life from starting as a teenager. It started out as an addiction to pornography and that led into an addiction to sex and actually acting out physically where I felt uh, a compulsory behavior to act out and I felt out of control that I no longer had the reins. I no longer had hold of my life. And it was that acting out sexually that led to infidelity, that led to shattering my marriage, destroying my family, being excommunicated from my church, hurting all my extended family, and seeing worlds crumble around me because of the choices and the actions that I had done. And getting to a point that there was nothing more that I wanted other than to die. And that is where that moment of clarity finally came in that I could finally acknowledge, yeah, I, I can't get any lower than this. I mean, I, I, I'm losing everything. There's, there's no place to go downward other than, you know, other than fully, fully throwing in the towel and giving up. If there's any little bit of light left within me, I, I can't see it yet. But if it's there, this is the place that if I go any further, that's not even going to be there anymore. Well, and I think there's two sides to that coin. I think there's what you just laid out so eloquently and powerfully of, I can't, I physically, emotionally, it is impossible for me to go any lower than this. Right. And the other side to that coin is people may have a realization of maybe they're not there yet, but they've come to the realization of, I don't want to go any lower than I am right now. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think both, both of those, what ties those together um, for me is waking up one day and looking at your reflection in the mirror and saying, I don't recognize this person. Not only I don't, I don't like this person, but I don't know who this is. This is not me. I feel like I have lost my sense of self. I feel like I have lost who I was, who I wanted to become, any, any sense of what was important and, and valuable and cherished by me is gone. And does that resonate? Does that ring true with you? Absolutely. Um, I, I really, I, I love that you brought up the whole conversation with Zamir. And this is something you and I have talked about before is the, yeah. someone who values who they are and someone who loves themselves and someone who sees good within themselves can look in the mirror and, and can smile and can, you know, it, it might sound a little bit cheesy, but say, today's going to be a great day, you know, and, and they can, they can have that positive attitude, but a person who is hitting that stage of rock bottom will refuse to look at themselves in the mirror or they'll cover the mirror up. I remember when I, when I finally did confront my wife and uh, th this is something that we'll talk about in future episodes about that, that D-Day, that um, when you disclose everything to a therapist, a, a church leader, or your loved ones, when, when you have that day, um, we'll, we'll get into more details of that. But I remember a very poignant question that my wife asked me. She said, after I told her what I had done, she said, did you just forget that you had a wife and kids? And as harsh as the question was, I think my answer hurt even more because I said, yeah, actually, I had zero thought or consideration for my wife and kids. I had zero thought or consideration for my core values, um, for what I grew up believing in my church, for what I had always been told to do as far as respect and protecting my loved ones. All of that went out the window in favor of my addiction. 
And that's when I, I knew that I had hit rock bottom. And it seems to me that there's a choice, right? When, when you realize that you've hit rock bottom, sometimes you come to that realization by yourself. Sometimes, you know, maybe you need a little bit of help from somebody else asking a question like that. And it seems to me you have a choice of either giving in or digging in. You can give hmm. in and say, nothing's ever going to change. So I'm going to surrender to my addiction. And even why try I'm miserable, I, yeah. I don't believe that there's any other way to do this. Or you can dig in and you can say, there's something here worth fighting for. So think, looking back, what do you think it was in you that sparked, sparked the, the action, the dig in instead of the give in? I think that spark came from being, from standing at the, this crossroad of decision where basically, and, and this, this question was actually presented to me by my therapist. He said, look, you have two choices. You can live the bachelor life. You can go sleep with whoever you want. You can not have to have the responsibilities of providing for kids anymore, not cleaning up after them, putting them to bed, changing diapers. You don't have to do any of that anymore. You, you have that option in front of you. And, and it shouldn't be ignored because it is an option. You can choose to, to leave your family. I mean, yes, you'll have to pay alimony. You got to go through all the divorce stuff. But the road of leaving your family is an option in your life right now. The other option is the option of you got to start fighting now and you got to start fighting like you've never fought before. You got to start fighting, first of all, for yourself and figuring out if you are even worth it. And so then he asked me, yeah. So what, what road are you going to take? And, and I, I remember sitting there and I didn't just answer because, you know, all of us know the right answer when someone asks something like that. Are you going to go off and are you going to go off and just be <laughs> yeah. a bachelor? Quote, and abandon unquote, the right answer. Kids? Well, of course I'm not yeah. going to do that. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that when I made that decision, I was making that decision. I wasn't just answering what I knew the right answer was. I was, I was etching a conviction upon my own soul where I would follow that to my death if needs be, that I would never give up on that decision. So I took the time to answer and I sat in silence for a long time. And my therapist, his name's Cody Hawes, amazing guy, was so patient and he just sat there and let me process. And upon doing so, I finally said, I'm going to fight for me and I'm going to fight for my family and I'm going to fight for my God. And it was in that moment that I stood up on the ground of rock bottom and started to look up and started to be able to process the road that was going to be ahead of me. That I was no longer going to go back down as far as I had gone. That's super powerful. And, and that brings two questions to mind for me. You mentioned uh, talking with your therapist and working through this. And for those of you listening, if, if you haven't found someone like that, that, that you can talk to about these things, I recommend that you do that. Um, there's several good um, organizations out there. One that Cameron and I have, have both worked with is life-changing services. But my question is, did you, had you already been talking to a therapist before you hit rock bottom or did that start after you hit rock bottom? And then two, talk to me about that mentality of, of whatever it takes, right? Because, because that's, that's a powerful decision that has to be made, right? That you have to sign up for. 
So I, ironically, I had been told for years by my wife, like, why don't you go talk to a counselor about this? Because, you know, I was I was still relapsing in in pornography and I, I was still struggling with these things. And even though I had not acted out the way that I did that made me hit rock bottom, she always encouraged me, like, go, go talk to someone about this. And it was always either I always I always found an excuse. We don't have the money. I don't have the time. Therapists don't really work for me. You know, they, they don't, they yeah. don't understand. <laughs> I, I looked for I'm, every, I'm excuse. special. I'm different. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. saw a counselor in high school. Okay. It didn't work. They're, they're all a bunch of hacks. And I, I, I looked for any reason to not let this be an option for me because I, I wasn't ready. And that's ultimately what it was. I wouldn't admit it, but looking back, I was not ready to have that kind of dialogue and be that open and vulnerable with someone that, would be in a position that they could correct me. And I was not humble enough to receive that correction. So yes, I had speak, I had, I had spoken, speaking, I had speaking. Yeah. We're, we're good with verbs. Right? <laughs> Words are hard. Um, I, I had spoken to some counselors. I had spoken to ecclesiastical leaders and it, it never had really done any good. And it wasn't until this moment of, uh, my wife basically saying, look, um, I need you to leave. I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. If you aren't going to change, I, I need something different. And yeah, basically her, her ultimatum is where you either need to go get into a program, find a therapist, do whatever it takes, which we'll get into that here in just a second, or we need to look at what happens with our separation and possibly make that a permanent thing. So I was just going to say, I did end up going to life-changing services. Uh, I was actually, I was recommended to Cody Hawes by uh, my father-in-law. He, he found him. And the, the way that he supported me, as upset as he was at me, he basically said, money is not going to be an excuse for you anymore. You know, I, I will help you out with the first few months and then, you know, you're on your own, but I, I want you to at least give this a, a real try and see if this guy can help you. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm super grateful for that. And that's where something clicked there that it wasn't like I was talking to a therapist that was trying to analyze me and say, and how does that make you feel? <laughs> Well, yeah. I, they weren't looking for a, for a anecdote for their next book. <laughs> exactly. You know, he was, he was the one that offered up these alternate roads. Like, well, dude, why don't you just, why don't you just leave your wife? I mean, think of all the fun you could have. And that invoked my, he, he brought out my natural, my true self that had been buried so deep under addiction to where I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And he was like, did you hear what you just said? And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that real person is actually still in there. And so that's when it started to kind of click and the changes started to happen. And it was, it was awesome, but it, it, it was not quick, but it did start to happen. And then the groups I started to go to allowed me to recognize that I was not alone in what I was going through. And my story was not that unique and that I could draw strength from other people that had fought on the same battlefield that I was dying on. And you hit on something you said, I don't want to you know, you came to that realization of, I don't want that. Right. There was, there's a concept that I, I heard in a, a sermon in church a long time ago. And 
the the speaker essentially said we all want the same things in life you talk to somebody everybody everybody wants meaningful relationships everybody wants good health we all want the same outcomes he said that's not the real question of of the outcome that you want the real question is how much pain are you willing to put up with to get it mm. are you willing to put in over time at work are you you know get rid of personal distractions so that you can invest more time in a relationship are you willing to completely throw out all the junk food in your house and overhaul your meal plan for the month so it's not what outcome do we want it's what kind of pain are you willing to put up with and i think that's where we start to see that you know when, when folks are struggling with an addiction it's not do you want to get sober or not everybody i almost everybody wants to get sober or be free from their addiction yeah but i don't know that everybody before you hit your rock bottom i don't know that people can honestly look themselves in the mirror and say i'm willing to do whatever it takes yeah it's it's true you you will not find uh, a self-admitted addict out there that says i love my addiction it me <laughs> it brings me so much happiness yeah man what would i do without it yeah is, uh, instead, there a, they're, instead they're saying what am i going to do without my addiction i don't know how to survive without it um yeah it's true it's true isn't there a song about that isn't there a meatloaf song about doing it i don't know i thought there was anyway i'm a meatloaf fan but it, the lyrics oh. aren't coming to me <laughs> right now yes yes did you want me to sing it for you chris yeah i think people deserve to hear your beautiful singing voice <laughs> And I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. Ah, there we go. That's yeah, what I that's was looking it right for. There. <laughs> Meatloaf, you you get all of us addicts. Um, <laughs> and 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 isn't that isn't that so true? You know, that that mentality of whatever it takes, except for, and and that's that's where you know, like, all right, am I someone who genuinely? wants to change and totally revamp their life and and abandon my addiction not not just get over it but abandon it and conquer it versus how long can i go without relapse you're going to be asked to do things like okay you need to turn over the passwords to your phone you need to take your computer out of a closed room and put it in your kitchen so that everyone can see you when you're on it. You need to, if, if your problem is any sort of isolation, like when you leave work and you're sitting in your car, if that is a problem for you, then every day when you leave work, you need to call someone and be on the phone while you drive home. There's gonna be these sacrifices that you need to make in order to make sure that you don't enter back into that world of addiction. It's not, I, yeah, I'm radical, willing, proactive life changes. Yeah. It's not, I'm willing to do this, but I'm not really, I, I, don't, I don't want my wife to have all the access codes. I mean, that's a hassle. If she has all the access and passwords to my phone, what if I want to download a game or, you know, like, what if I, if there's a time limit on my Instagram, how am I going to talk to all my friends on Instagram late at night? You know, or <laughs> yeah. how am I going to stream through Facebook and the, these things that? Yeah, and I and I laugh, but these are, these are real questions. These yeah. are real concerns. So I'm I'm not laughing because I think it's ridiculous. I'm laughing because it rings true, right? It's 
we want to we want to have this elaborate cake come out of the oven perfectly but we don't want to follow the recipe to make sure that it turns out the way that the picture looks okay what's really funny about that is whenever i cook i never follow the recipe i always do my own thing (laughs) and usually it turns out pretty good but i love your analogy in this case that yes you can't leave all these ingredients out. You can't not follow the recipe and then expect this beautiful cake to come out. You're going to get a piece of garbage. Yeah, I, I do like that analogy you brought up. Yeah, that, so I wonder for those people who are listening, I'm, I'm guessing that they might be thinking, but what's going to make this time any different than the previous times when they said, I'm going to give this a go because I really don't like being a slave to my addiction. Right, and that, that is such a deep and profound and difficult question because there, there were so many times throughout my life, especially throughout my married life that I said, I promise this time is going to be different. I'm going to change for you or sitting in a bishop's office and them telling them asking me, is this as far as you go? Are you ever going to, are you ever going to make these mistakes again and say, no, I'm never going to do this again. And in the moment you mean it, of course, you don't ever want to do those things again. However, you know, it goes back to, okay, well, what are you willing to do to make sure it doesn't happen? But with this concept of how is this time going to be any different? The only thing that can make it different is the effort you're willing to put into it. And for me, it wasn't even so much that I, I had never thought of the concept of when, if I'm going to change, if I'm going to save my family if I'm going to reestablish my presence in my church community, the first thing I need to do is make sure that I can control myself and that I can trust myself to make the right decision. I remember years later after getting into recovery, I, I was terrified to even kiss my wife. The thought of it scared me to death. Because I did not want to, I didn't want that addict brain to all of a sudden come out of the woods where it had been hiding for so long to be like, ah, I'm back. You thought I was gone. You thought you had controlled me. But all along, all I needed was a little bit of a trigger, a little spark. And now the forest is on fire again. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's powerful. And I think something that I, that I hear when you, when you share those thoughts is something that makes it different is all the times before it was, I'm doing this to save my marriage. I'm doing this to save my job. I'm doing this for somebody else. But rock bottom, like we talked about at the beginning, is you wake up one day and you realize that you have lost or you are on the verge of losing yourself. That if you go anymore, who you have thought that you were is gone. And I think there's power in saying, I am worth fighting for. Even if everything else is lost in my life, it's worth it to do this to have myself back. I don't want to lose who I am. And there's a quote that I love. I think it's by Tony Evans, who's a a Christian author, pastor. If he ever hears this, I apologize for butchering his biography. But there's a quote that says, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to realize that Christ is the rock that you've hit. So not only do we wake up and realize, I don't, I don't want to lose myself, but also that it's impossible to sink any lower than Christ can come to meet you and save you. And once you come to that realization, 
the rock is not desperation. The rock is your savior where you can rebuild a solid life. It's a, it's a foundation that will never go away that you can recover yourself. You can recover what's important to you in life and you can rebuild the happiness that you thought you would never have again. I have a three-year-old son and recently I picked up, uh, he's the, he's the only boy. He has three older sisters. And so when I can, I try and pick up guy things for him. So he's not all nail polish and on and Elsa dress ups. And anyway, <laughs> yeah. the picked up some uh, paper classic cars for him. They're, you know, they're model cars and he was playing with them. And this truck that he was playing with 57 Chevy, if anybody cares, was, it kept falling <laughs> apart. Um, and he would bring it to me, daddy, fix it, daddy, fix it. And I kept, I was in the middle of trying to help finish up dinner, doing other things. And but I kept making time to fix it. And I thought to myself, why in the world am I still fixing this? Why, why don't I just put it up on the shelf and say, go do something else because I'm busy. And in that moment, I realized I, I did that because I loved him and it was important to him. And so it was important to me. And I think God and Christ are the same way with us that we come to them and we ask for help to fix things, things that are more important um, and consequential than paper trucks. And every time we come, and, and if you're an addict, you get to a place where you feel like you've used up all of your asks, all of your help coupons have been ripped up and thrown away. But it's not true. Anytime you come and you say, I am so tired of this, please help me, please fix me they're going to do it because they love you. And when you hit rock bottom, that might be the time when you're most tempted to say, I am beyond saving. But that's the time when they are most ready to help you because they see, here's this person who I love, who matters to me, who's finally woken to the fact that they are worth saving. They are worth recovering. No matter what else might happen in their life, they're worth it. They finally have some spark that lets them see themselves how I see them, that they're worth the effort and the sacrifice. So that's, that's for me, what makes it different. You're going to wake up and realize you are worth recovering. And the person that you can become is possible and worth fighting for. And there are so many good forces in your life, starting with the savior and branching out to friends and family who love you um, that are going to make this time different. I don't know who else out there has like chills right now, but I'm just like, I, I am all chills. I love everything you just said. It is such a powerful lesson that we cannot go too far to escape heavenly father's reach. And we cannot mess up too many times where he will say, you know what? And throw his hands up in the air and just say, I give up. This is, this is a lost cause. Our savior will never do that. That, that, that rock, that rock bottom will always be there. Emphasis on the rock. And as you begin to rise, it will rise with you and you will not be abandoned. Um, it, it made me, it made me think of, I, I'm sure you've, you've heard of this, uh, the parable of the bicycle, the, the young child that wants a bicycle more than anything else in the world. Yeah. 
and they save up their pennies all summer and they their their dad finally says all right you you worked hard you know let's let's go look for a bike and when they get there the the price of the bikes finally sinks in the, the kid goes there's no way i can afford this and the dad says tell you what you give me everything you've got and i'll take care of the rest and it's that grace and that personal relationship of understanding that allows us to realize not only am I worth saving, but what I have to give will be enough in the end, as long as I'm willing to do my part and give it. I love that. That is so true. And, and I think there's, uh, there's an Irish prayer, Irish proverb. I apologize to the Irish people listening, but it says, <laughs> part of it says, may, may the road rise up to meet you. Hmm. And that's something that you're going to find as you're, as you're giving what you can, as you're making progress in your recovery, you may mess up, but I think what you'll find is that that bottom is not as far away as it once was because that rock, that rock bottom is the savior who's pushing up beneath you. So you're not going to fall a hundred feet. You might slip a couple of feet but it's nothing like what it was before. And that's, that's what makes it different. Exactly. The last little point I wanted to make was uh, in, in addition to what you were just saying there, remember that you can make your rock bottom, the point where you're at, if you don't want to go further than where you're at, you can make that choice and say, this is my U-turn. I can start my convictions today. Today can be my fresh start. I'm going to find a therapist. I'm going to have my, my D-Day. I'm going to disclose what's been going on. I'm going to go talk to an ecclesiastical leader. I'm going to bring people onto my team and, and get down on my knees and say, I need help. I can't do this anymore. And if you're willing to do those steps, then that will solidify that turnaround point, that U-turn as your rock bottom to where you will not go back to that. You don't have to keep going a mile down the road and, and hit that wall or a hundred feet down. Like Chris was just saying, that doesn't have to be a rock bottom. Your rock bottom can be right here, right now. And then you get to start your that. journey toward a, a better path. Chris, thank you so much for your wisdom and just, man, it was just this, the spirit you brought to this was so powerful and so true. And absolutely, like you said, this whole this whole rock bottom is the start of the journey to help you recover you, that person that was lost through addiction, that somehow felt like they weren't worth anything. And we are here to prove you wrong. You are worth it. I love that. And if you have questions for us, we've got our email in the description. Um, if you want, if you have a personal experience of hitting rock bottom and, and the progress that you're making and you want to share your victories, we'd love to hear from you and, and share your story as much as you're comfortable sharing. So feel free to reach out. Uh, but until next time, keep fighting and we'll keep fighting with you to recover who you really are. See you next week, guys.